Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Why, hello there. It's uh, Chappie, the British butler. It's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And it's episode number 54. What a week. What a celebration. Uh, there'll be lots of pageantry today on the podcast. Um, uh, I feel sort of uh, pageantry-licious today, I would say. Um, so there'll be some baton twirling, some butler baton twirling, or, or maybe a gold tip cane. Um, I will be uh, accompanying a dance uh, set. Um, there'll be some gymnastics, uh, lots of marching bands, um, Maybe I'll spin some knives, uh, hopefully blunt ones. Um, there'll be flags, there'll be light-up batons, fire batons, maces. Uh, we're going to put the rifles away. We may do a couple of spud guns. Can you remember that? Those spud guns that you used to uh, take the gun and you used to uh, insert it into a uh, Idaho potato or something along those, maybe a King Edward, and you could fire out little potato pellets out of it. So there'll be some of that um, as well. Um, so I'm seeing myself more of the majorette rather than a cheerleader. I haven't got a, the body of a Dallas um, Cowboys cheerleader. Uh, I need a few more sit-ups there, and I don't look so good in a sort of push-up bra. Um, trying, but uh, n- not quite as impressive, I think, as, and it might scare people off. It uh, may, may send us back to the Dark Ages if... Uh, if I slip on that outfit. Uh, so, uh, baton twirling. I don't know if the left or the right hand... Am I a right hand twirler? Or maybe a left hand twirler? I don't know. I mean, that's... Uh, it, but a big week. Joe Biden um, was inaugurated. Um, lots of people turned up. Bernie Sanders mittens. Lady Gaga's rather odd outfit. But she belted out the national anthem. It was rather lovely. Um, the, the country singer who, whose name... Uh, slips me by at the moment Garth Brooks isn't it now why did he wear jeans couldn't he put a suit on or a tuxedo or or something along those lines I mean why doesn't he why did he have to put the Wranglers on with the cowboy boots he had a jacket on did he have one of those um, uh, bolas ties or whatever they're called with the the plastic thing you do up and you like a chokehold or something but they were the jeans I mean, they weren't even black jeans. I mean, you can get away with black jeans maybe in a tuxedo jacket or something. But he didn't even have those on. He had the Wranglers on. Don't think they were ripped. I don't know if he was showing off his bottom crack. It's highly possible because those those buggers, you, you need a tight belt and maybe some, uh, some braces or suspenders to hold them up. Uh, we're not going to get into the whole braces and suspenders thing again uh, on the podcast. Uh, the American version versus the uh, English version. So, um... Somebody told me Prince Harry was at the inauguration. I, well, I, I couldn't see him. They couldn't possibly comment. But was he there? Um, yeah, Bernie Sanders mittens. We'll be talking about that. 
Lady Gaga, subliminal playlists uh, will feature on the show. Uh, baked potatoes. Um, I think we need uh, an executive order on baked potatoes. I'll be talking about that later. Do you ever make marmalade in a bikini? Liz Hurley does, and we'll be talking about that also. Um, and um, big nose mask slippage. Um, the Greek PM flaunting his six pack. Very jealous, obviously. Um, also, bees ramble in the bramble for the best honey. Uh, we'll be having a um, trip to the potting shed again. Uh, Percy Grower. He's a grower, not a shower. Um, he will be appearing with some maybe some gardening tips later. And we are going to have a 21 Limerick salute in celebration of uh, Joe Biden's Irish heritage. Good excuse to have a, a bunch of Limericks, I think, uh, on the program today. Um, when Zoom meetings just get boring. Uh, Catherine of Aragon's death. Um, also, uh, a gentleman who thought he uh, aliens turned his wife into a toffee crisp. Um, up close and personal, the truth about sex on screen. Uh, why is everybody crazy about sea shanties? Maybe I'll be jigging along in a maritime fashion later. Who knows? Uh, apres ski, my love of the apres ski. But um, certainly not going to do any... Uh, black diamond runs um woodpeckers uh, to follow the drill to avoid getting stuck uh, as well how millennials became the burnout generation uh, flight attendant claims you should never drink these beverages on a plane by the way uh watching the flight attendant on apple uh tv wonderful wonderful um it's it's a, it's, a, it's a very good show the the young lady um who appears in the show i can't think of her name now the name her, her just bus hold on a second it is hold on a second and so I'm I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna bastardize this name. I'm gonna make an absolute uh, uh, horlicks or pig's ear of this name. So it's the lady from. Um, it's it's Kaylee Kuko. Is that is that how you pronounce it? So she's in the flight attendant. She was in the Big Bang Theory. It's Kaylee Christine Quoco. Uh, Quoco. Is it Italian? I don't know. Anyway, so that's the lady. It's absolutely fabulous. It's a, like a little murder mystery. There's a lot of internal dialogue. Um, it's a little gossip girly in terms of the dialogue. Um, but it's, it's a fabulous show. It's a, it's a good little murder mystery. It has some dark comedy moments and uh, worth a watch, definitely. So also, we're going to have uh, some trumpet trombone. And uh, we'll have uh, an enigmatic English eccentric. Coming along the way on the very esteemed podcast, it's episode number 54. Keep calm, my colour cheese. Okay, so in celebration of Joe Biden's inauguration, obviously his Irish heritage, we're going to have a 21 Limerick salute today. So the name Limerick dates back to 561 AD. It's not clear when the Irish city and county became associated with the verse form. In uh, 977, uh, the last Norse Viking king of Limerick, known as Ivor the Limerick, dies. 
uh, Richard II, or sorry, Richard III in 1197, better known as Richard the Lionheart, grants the city of Limerick its first charter. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, may have written the first Limerick, a prayer in Latin, in 1225. Uh, in 1300, the ancient Anglo-Saxon Old English poem, Summer is a Cummin, also known as the Cuckoo Song, is Limerick-like, or limerick light. Uh, 1322, a Limerick-like poem, The Line is a Wonderlick Strong, is one of the oldest such poems to the extent. And uh, in 1533, Queen Elizabeth has been credited for writing a Limerick about the daughter of debate. And, uh, and then in uh, 1965, uh, the first Irishman fell over after drinking 10 pints of Guinness and reciting a rather bawdy Limerick. Well, that's probably maybe 200 years later than it should have been. Um, but there, we're going to be celebrating uh, Joe Biden with a 21 uh, Limerick salute today. And we, uh, we, we kick off with this one. There was a young lady named Bright who travelled much faster than light. She set out one day in a relative way and then came back the previous night. Okay, so we have our 21 Limerick salute to Joe Biden. Uh, we're going to mix the dirty with the, uh, with the clean here. Some of these ones would need like a, a ton of oxyclean to get them clean. They're so dirty. Uh, the president's loud protestation on his fall to the intern's uh, temptation. This affair is still moral as long as it's oral. Straight screwing, I save, for the nation. And, um, okay, <laughs> this one is absolutely, uh, I, I don't know, it's, it's absolutely abhorrent. Um, I don't, all right, so let's, uh, let's have a look at it here. There once was a man from Nantucket whose dick was so long he could suck it. He said with a grin as he wiped off his chin, if my ear were a, I could f it. Um, okay. <laughs> pretty pretty nasty um and then um <laughs> last on the dirty brigade for now this is our fourth there once was a man called sweeney who somehow spilled gin on his weenie just to be couth he added vermouth and then slipped his date a martini so i think it's, it's people have been pulling the wool over my eyes so people said that Prince Harry went to Joe Biden's inauguration. Uh, Prince Harry may live in California, but he still made a cameo of sorts on Joe Biden's inauguration day in Virginia. After Biden's swearing in ceremony in Washington, D.C., he headed to Arlington Cemetery to lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, John Davison, a staff member of Bill Clinton, shared a snap on Twitter of the former president with his hand on Biden's shoulder and the other arm around wife Hillary Clinton. And in the background of the shot was a large photo of Prince Harry. The image was uh, of Duke of Sussex from his 2013 visit to the United States, which included a visit to Arlington Cemetery. Uh, so he wasn't even there, but people said he was there. Harry was at the... I, I don't know. I don't think he was. I think it was just a picture. But anyway, I mean, I imagine maybe a Photoshop picture of uh, Bernie Sanders in his mittens next to Prince Harry. And I thought, well, that's absolutely uh, wonderful uh, mittens you have there, Bernie. 
um, fabulous mittens, splendid mittens. Uh, I've got a pair very similar that are um, uh, Harris Tweed, and I'll, I'll, I'll send you some of those over from uh, from my dad's uh, uh, my dad's uh, farm shop. I mean, we can send those over to you, Bernie, and uh, they'll keep you warm through the Vermont winter, you know, uh, old chap. And uh, but uh, lo- lovely to be here on such an auspicious uh, occasion. So chest out, Greek PM flaunts it in vaccine photo call. If there's any doubt in your mind how hard it is to be a middle-aged international statesman, long comes yet another challenge, the high-pressure COVID-19 vaccination photo call. Women, of course, have it easy, unfairly easy. Camilla Harris just breezed up to her the vaccine photo shoot with a loose blouse and an arm, and she hooked it up to get the jab job done. Harris did not feel the need to come in a form-fitting shirt. Um, but there's no stipulation that the patient needs to be semi-nude. The medic did uh, not tap the needle as instruct. Now, look like Tom Selleck on the beach in 1983. And that's exactly what the Prime Minister of Greece, uh, uh, Mitsos Takis, the uh, Prime Minister of Greece, had done for his vaccine chat. He basically had a, uh, looked like almost a 1980s uh, fitted Pierre Cardin shirt, um, that showed off his rippling muscles and um, you know he had the problem I mean he couldn't it was so tight he couldn't get it over his shoulder so he had to take the bloody thing off now I mean I don't think I'm gonna have to have a photo call when I have my vaccine I think it's highly unlikely but I'm just gonna probably wear a loose fitting cardigan that I can roll up the sleeve and I suggest that probably when Boris Johnson or Donald Trump um, go and get a vaccine too, they wear something very similar. I wouldn't wear the tight-fitting uh, shirt that our, uh, that our dear friend uh, uh, Mitsosakis was wearing uh, the other day. I mean, he has... Uh, I mean, I was going to say Baywatch bod, but uh, David Hasselhoff would be uh, jealous of this, uh, this uh, six-pack. Um, is uh, there's not a they always say there's no meat on a thoroughbred and uh, in this case that's definitely the case so the Renault that embodied 1970s Vavavoom is back in the electric era two cool things happened in 1972 David Bowie became Ziggy Stardust and I do apologize in advance I know that one of my very loyal lovely listeners doesn't like David Bowie she sees every time she sees Bowie she thinks of him in the Aryan uh, figurine that he was in uh, basically in Labyrinth, and it, it does scare her. So I will send you an edited version of the podcast without any mention of the uh, blonde David Bowie. Anyway, the Renault launched the uh, the Cinque, Cinque, a flash of French style that added to the luster of the Continental Club Britain, which was to join the following year. Bowie and the European adventure had gone, but the Renault 5, the little hatchback that was so popular in Britain, uh, everybody from commuters to boy races, even Joanna Lumley had one. It takes us back to the uh, launch uh, earlier in the week of the all-electric taken France's best-selling car of the 1970s. Uh, from the uh, sympathique headlamps to the funky tail lamps, struggling with sagging sales and scandal, Renault is hoping for a retro hit in the tracks of the new Mini, VW, new Beetle, and Fiat Reborn 500 by tapping baby boomers' nostalgia in Le Stial Vintage among their grandchildren, um, is also said to be a high-tech homage to the 70s icon, which sell at the price that many can afford, unlike the BMW's expensive tribute to the swinging 60s Mini. Um, but anyway, it looks like it's coming in a, in a rather nice yellow. They're doing some of the uh, 
70s pastel colours that you never see now. Uh, puke green, uh, lime green, uh, turd brown, um, and then uh, this uh, mustard yellow. Um, why don't they have these colours anymore? They don't have them anymore. I, know, I remember Roger Moore in The Persuaders driving around in a mustard coloured Aston Martin. And I thought, what a waste of painted Aston Martin mustard colour. It really looks like um, you've had rather too much Coleman's on your sandwich and you've regurgitated all over the bonnet. Um, but anyway, so the, the Renault's back, uh, the Vavavum is back from the 70s, and I'm sure many people will be going out there and, uh, and purchasing one uh, in the electric style. Okay, so we have our uh, 21 Limerick to salute to Joe Biden, and we have uh, our fifth Limerick today. But Schrodinger's cat lets us know that your ass might be massive, although, while it seems like a farce, if you hide just your ass, it'll neither get smaller nor grow. And then uh, we have a scientific limerick here. A mosquito cried out in pain, a chemist has poisoned my brain. The cause of his sorrow was paradichlorodiphenyl trichlorothane. I don't know, did I get that right? You know what, I think I need a gold star. I think I pronounced it completely right. The uh, trichlorothane obviously rhymes with the pain. Let's have one. Let's have one more as well. We'll 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 dismiss the last one. There was a young lady of Niger, who smiled as she rode on a tiger. They returned from the ride with the lady inside and the smile on the face of the tiger. So bees ramble in the bramble for the best honey. Using bees as historians might seem like a flight of fancy, but their honey has provided a new insight into how the British landscape has changed over the past 70 years. Researchers identified the plants that bees visit most often by analysing the DNA of the pollen grains trapped in honey. Gathered from the hives across the country, the results were compared with a similar record made in 1952 by scientists who painstakingly used microscopes to identify similar honey trap pollen. The bees' diets had changed. The study showed and the taste of honey had altered too. White clover, known for producing a mild tasting honey, has been the most important part uh, plant for the insects since the 50s. But with fewer pastures today and increased use of uh, herbicides and inorganic fertilizers, it has dropped to second place. Now, the most important nectar source now is bramble found in hedgerows and waste spaces uh, with results in an amber colored runny honey known for its floral aroma and taste. Uh, two relative newcomers were also important oilseed rape uh, first farmed in the UK in the 60s and Himalayan balsam which were introduced in 1839. And Natasha Devere head of the conservation and research of the uh, National Botanic Gardens of Wales says bees are providing a picture of UK's nectar resources. Honey bees are amazing for this. If they find an abundant source, they'll go out and forage for that resource. Very diligent indeed. So a big question of you, all of you who are watching the inauguration uh, the other day on Wednesday. Um, saw Bernie Sanders sitting on his own um, with a big old anorak on. Uh, it looked like it was uh, he was Scott of the Antarctic, to be honest. But he had these most impressive mittens on. Most impressive mittens. Um, but but he, was he sitting at the back? Did he was he getting confused or something? Do these sitting at the back, uh, look thinking it was a community hall or something, waiting for the bingo caller? I mean, I can imagine him sort of raising his mittens in the air, shouting bingo uh, when it's uh, t- number eighty-eight or something. Which is that his age? I don't I don't know. He's an old chap anyway, isn't he? Um, but uh, but I, I'm sure. 
I mean, the whole thing went viral. I'm sure that whoever made those mittens is on for a huge increase of sales in February. I think everybody will be doing the Bernie Sanders mittens, the Bernie mittens, as they'll be now known as, that'll keep you, uh, you know, warm for any New England winter. So with the uh, new James Bond film No Time to Die delayed yet again till October, uh, Bond fan or villain suspected of Ian Fleming's grave theft. The slate plaque uh, from the grave of Ian Fleming has been stolen and villagers near the author's final resting place is the culprit is a James Bond superfan, or maybe a supervillain in this case. The, uh, Flem- uh, the Fleming uh, family obelisk um, in the village of Sevenhampton near Swindon carried plaques to the author and his wife Anne and their son Casper. It stood there for 50 years in the grounds of St. James's Church, but one morning it was discovered that the plaque featured uh, in the author's name in the Latin phrase omnia perfunctus vitae premier uh, marsus, meaning having enjoyed life's prizes you now decay, has now been ripped from the stone. There are fears that it's been taken by a fan who is obsessed with the Bond series and that it may not be recovered. Uh, Fleming, a naval intelligence officer who worked for the, as a foreign editor of the Sunday Times, was buried at the site in 1964. Uh, Sally Hewson of the uh, Swindon Heritage said, Desecrating the grave is an awful thing to do. This is one of those places where fans uh, from all over the world make a pilgrimage to visit. I mean, I, I, I think if they're going to find this, I think they need to look at all inactive volcanoes. I think the obelisk will be with Blofeld in an uh, inactive uh, a volcano, maybe with a white cat resting upon it. Just, just sh- shot in the dark here, that's, the re- that's where it is now, in an inactive volcano, possibly in Japan. So uh, British actor Christopher Biggins laid a golden egg. It's 50 years too late, but uh, today we can give the great British actor some overdue recognition. Thanks to a tip from Christine Phillips, whose partner worked for the agency, that made the first advert for the cabbage cream egg in 1971. It featured a giant exuberant chicken whose feathers were a young actor who, with the memorable name of Christopher Biggins. It's true, says uh, the darling of the panto stage. I had such fun flapping around outrageously. How unlike the rest of his career. Biggins already had experience of animal suits playing a bear opposite Judy Dench in A Winter's Tale. But for his chicken edition, he decided at first to play it straight. I was very cautious, darling. He said, and I could tell if they were bored. Then I got up, gave a loud squawk, and left behind an alabaster egg I'd bought. They cracked up and gave me the job. So, I mean, talking of Cadbury's cream eggs, though, I mean, the image, I need to rid the image of Biggins laying an egg, any sort of egg, platinum, gold, silver, bronze, or or maybe even a, a, a tin egg or a wooden egg. I just don't want to think about it. But um, but how do you eat your Cadbury's cream egg? But that used to be the great advert uh, on the UK um, during the 80s, I remember. How do you eat yours? I mean, there's people who like, you know, stick their tongue into the, insert their tongue into the egg and lick out all the goodness. Like the, the you know, the fondant or whatever. It's like a yolk, isn't it? Some people do that. And then I've seen people, I don't know how they do it. They, they, they sort of gnaw off the chocolate to leave um, the, the fondant. I mean, it, it sounds like a very sticky mess and one where you may have to wear surgical gloves or something to you know, stop all that dirt and umska getting all on your hands. I mean, that stuff's so sticky. I mean, you could, uh, you could probably um, put up wallpaper with, uh, with, the, uh, with the fondant from a Cadbury's cream egg. I mean, that's a good idea. Because if ever you get bored working from home, you could lick the wallpaper 
and have a taste of the Cadbury's cream egg. It would be absolutely delicious. But anyway, I think I've rid the image of Biggins laying the egg now, so I should be fine. But uh, how do you eat yours? Okay, so we're back. We're back with the 21 Limerick salute for Joe Biden. Uh, we have Limerick uh, number seven here. Number seven, ladies and mantelpieces. There was a young lady from Kew who said as the bishop withdrew, Oh, the vicar is quicker and thicker and slicker and four inches longer than you. Um, and then uh, and then we have um, the next one. We have number eight here. A, uh, a lady once triplets begat named Nat and Pat and Tat. Though it was fun breeding, the trouble was feeding because there was no tit for Tat. So the lovely writer in the London Times this week said, Emma Duncan, when Zoom meetings get boring, just say darn it. Uh, she says the struggle to pay attention in online meetings means that I'm often spending a lot of time with the kind of threads you don't find on Twitter. In real life meetings, you're condemned to sit still with an expression of thoughtful interest in your face. When we, people are banging on in a Zoom meeting, there's nothing to stop you giving the temptation to roam. While appearing to be fascinated by the debate of structural economic reforms, you can read Indian newspapers or research certain fabrics. I've now cracked the problem. In recent meetings, I found myself look dis uh, disconstantly at the moth holes in my jumper. So I got out a sewing kit and started darning. Darning, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about this. I mean, as I said before, you can darn socks, but can you darn underpants? That's the big question. So she got out the sewing kit and started darning. Bingo, darning, it turns out, occupies bits of my brain that meetings don't and stops my fingers taking me down rabbit holes on Wikipedia. So there's something uh, pleasing about uh, willing away the long hours of the 21st century with a very 19th century activity. I think this is the thing, you see. This is what the Gen Zers are doing. They're a more um, hardy bunch here. And I was reading a lovely article, which we may be talking about at some point in the next couple of days, about uh, Gen Zers and how they're much hardier than the, uh, than the millennials. Um, and these Gen Zers, you know, they're going through a tough time at the moment. They have to do schooling, uh, you know, at home. Uh, and then they're back to school, then they're back at home. So they have to be much more resilient. But, you know, maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe the Darners, the next generation of Darners could be the Gen Zers. That's, that's my hope. I mean, this is the big thing on the podcast here. I know Yorkshire Puddings, the Yorkshire Pudding Association of America, kicked it off last week. That's one big thing. Darning is the next. Darners of America. The Gen Z Darners of the future. That's what we're looking for. Okay, so th this should have made it into Trump or Trombone, but it's just, it's even, it's even better. It's even better than Trump or Trombone. So anguished Ray Peters says he's at his wit's end after space aliens zapped his missus with a powerful astro ray which turned her into a toffee crisp. Ray who insists there were no problems in his 20-year marriage to Eileen said he might come home Thursday night to find his wife missing uh, with a mysterious toffee crisp on the kitchen floor of their $2 million five-bedroom house. I mean, you'd think with the $2 million five-bedroom house, they might have gone for... Uh, you know, a beautiful Swiss chocolate, you know, something luxurious that were, uh, you know, where the milk would, uh, came from alpine cows or something and the cocoa uh, was flaked with gold instead of the uh, humble toffee crisp. The 62-year-old former security firm manager from Brentwood, Essex said, Eileen hates toffee crisp and so do I. There's no other way, uh, you know, that there wouldn't be one in the house. 
So then it struck me there have been some weird lights over our house most recently, UFOs most probably. So it made perfect sense Eileen's been turned into a toffee crisp by some aliens and a special ray gun. Former boxing club owner Ray said he worked into the early hours of Friday scrubbing the kitchen floor in case there was any space contamination left by the moon men. The ex-scrap dealer said, I was also forced to roll up the hall carpet and throw it in the sea, just in case there was radioactive blowback from the UFO. So if there's any CCTV of me chucking a rolled up rug into the sea in Hadley, that explains that. Uh, former freelance lender Ray said, we're due to fly out on holiday to Grand Canaria for a fortnight. I would hardly have booked a holiday if I'd been planning to kill her, would I? Not to anyone mentioned her being killed. She's been turned into a cross toffee crisp by space aliens. So if you've got a super laser zapper, though, so if you've got the super laser zapper, I mean, that would melt the chocolate and the toffee. I mean, you'd have a molten chocolatey toffee mess on the floor. It wouldn't be a whole toffee crisp. It would be turned molten because of the space zapper. So it, it, it can't be her as the toffee crisp. I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to put my judge's wig on. It's a long white wig. And I say this chap's guilty. You know, unless he finds, you know, maybe a Mars bar or a Caramac or, um, or, a, or a Twirl. I mean, I mean, anything with caramel in it would be melted all, all over the floor. It'd be a terrible mess. You'd be mopping all day with bleach. So there is a new show coming on very soon um, regarding uh, Henry VIII's um, first wife, Catherine of Aragon. But little do people know that he married his brother's widow. So on April the 21st, 1509, the day everyone had been dreading arrived, Henry Tudor succumbed to tuberculosis and his son succeeded him. The 17-year-old Prince Henry became Prince Henry VIII, or King Henry VIII. Awkwardly, one of the first acts was to marry his brother's widow, Catherine of Aragon. It's fitting that the first thing he did as king was to get married. Because of the twisted history of Henry VIII's many wives uh, would be the thing he ultimately became most famous for. But there is. There is a show coming on uh, very, very soon um, about Catherine of Aragon. Um, and uh, and absolutely, absolutely looks fascinating because apparently Catherine was Henry's favourite wife. And I think the show is going to depict that. So Japan's high-tech uh, lavatory is privy to your vital signs. A Japanese company is developing a high-tech intelligent lavatory that will help uh, health tips and warnings by using artificial intelligence to analyze human waste. The wellness toilet will provide the equivalent of the medical checkup every time a user sits down. Sensors in the seat will record a person's pulse and blood pressure. Uh, while technology embedded in the bowl, not the bowel, will take stool and urine samples and analyze them. Via online connections referred to it as the Internet of Toilets, lavatory users will receive feedback, including warnings to visit the doctor. I mean, the thing is, though, um, I mean, I don't... I mean, it's the, it's the most private place in the, in, the, in the house. I don't know if I want an alert going off just because I had... Uh, too many, too much rich food to eat. Uh, my diverticulitis is playing up, or uh, you know, I had a Ruby Murray. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I want to know that. I don't want an alert going off. It's embarrassing, it is. It's going to make me blush if a, if a siren starts going off after I use the toilet. I mean, it's going to make me reluctant to uh, to go to the garderobe in the future. Um, but apparently, the company uh, Toto sells the washlet, a lavatory with a built-in shower that squirts the user's bottom clean as well and then blow dries it. I mean, again, if you're blow drying a bottom 
I mean, some blow dryers have to be a little bit more sturdy than others. So if, you know, if you've got, I mean, if lockdown's been tough on you and you've got like a mullet on your ass now, I mean, you need a more sturdy hairdryer and maybe you need to comb it out and blow dry it out, straighten that damn thing, you know, if, if, if that's the case. But I, I don't think I'm going to be installing this Japanese toilet. I, I much prefer, you know, I think I'm just going to go completely back in time, uh, go back to the honey cart and uh, probably just use newspaper instead. That's what I'm doing. No more, no more thoughts of, uh, of uh, AI toilets. So we're all crazy about sea shanties, apparently. If any point during this pandemic you've woken up feeling that you're clinging to a mask, buckling in unexpected directions against the wind, then sea shanties might just be the cure, or at least your uh, next working from home soundtrack. These roaringly cheerful tunes about whiskey, whaling boats, and bonny-haired lasses uh, were traditionally sung by a group of seamen to help them stay synchronized on tasks such as hoisting sails or hauling in fish. Despite falling out of fashion, these songs recently have made a surprise revival when restless internauts started hijacking their melodies, competing with a hum on their laptops, the latest fad of lockdown escapism, and posting their efforts under the hashtag Sea Shanty or Shanty Talk. Uh, the word of scurvy, seasickness, uh, and uh, sailing the high seas. It reminds me of the whole limey thing. Why they call us limeys? Because we got lots of scurvy. Uh, the uh, the English. That's you know we were called we were called limeys. You know across the whole world because we didn't partake in citrus food. Um, but uh, still, there's something in these stoic calls to endurance that is resonating with the world right now. While the sea shanty hashtag has been around since mid-2020, the trend began to catapult on December the 27th at table-beating hands of the Scottish singer Nathan Evans from Airdrie, who works as the postman. When he's not posting videos himself thumping hard surfaces to keep his tunes in time, one of the most popular numbers is his acoustic version of The Wellerman which is a wailing song. It's meant to be uh, mesmerizing. The sea shanty TikTok videos has been viewed 60 million times. The thing with the sea shanty, I think we're in a better position now, because I imagine if you had a bad case of scurvy, you wouldn't be able to jig. You wouldn't be able to do the sea shanty jig. And I mean, forget a wooden leg. I mean, you know, if you've got a wooden leg uh, or, a, or a salt water ear or something that's affecting your balance, you wouldn't be able to shanty. I mean, that's my, my thinking. And how about if you've got a patch in your eye? That must do all sorts of uh, weird things to your coordination. So I think the kids these days might be in a better place. But, you know, a sea shanty isn't a sea shanty without a wooden leg, uh, an eye patch, and uh, maybe a, a nasty bout of scurvy. Okay, we continue our 21 Limerick salute to Joe Biden uh, with, with our next one here. There was an old man, it's number nine, there was an old man in a tree who was horribly bored by a bee. When he said, does it buzz? He replied, yes, it does. It's a regular brute of a bee. Uh, and then we have, uh, uh, we have number, number 11 here. I uh, shoot with a hippopotamus with bullets made of platinum because if I use leaden ones, his hide is shorter, platinum. I mean, I, I think I need, I need to make a call and get somebody to click off these limericks. But I feel that I've done more than I probably, uh, more than number 11 or maybe less. Who knows? I mean, this, uh, any regular listener to the podcast knows I need an abacus. Firstly, to count the, uh, the number of episodes in Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And then secondly, uh, to keep count of the, uh, the limerick salute to Joe Biden, the 21 limerick salute. So going back to the inauguration. Um, the question was, 
I mean, it, it looked like Sesame Street was at the inauguration, a mixture of um, Sesame Street and the Muppets at the inauguration. We're not talking about Ted Cruz or uh, Mitch McConnell here when we're talking Muppets. The Muppets had left the White House, you know. Um, but you had Big Bird perching on Lady Gaga's top. Um, then you had Oscar the Grouch at the back in Mittens, sitting on his own. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, the Muppet family had just left the White House. You know, it was like the Muppets are now leaving the building in, in, in the inimitable Elvis style. So we have another enigmatic So, according to local history, the fifth Duke of Portland was far from mad. In a time of abject poverty in Worksop, Mansfield and District, the Duke's evacuations uh, and excavations were, in fact, a make-work project, providing a living for 15,000 workmen for 18 years at an annual cost of £100,000. The subterranean work included the digging of uh, flood dikes and mill ponds. Uh, Bentick, who was at one stage developed a passion for digging glass top tunnels, uh, tall enough to uh, fruit trees is said to have been the inspiration for Mr. Badger and Kenneth Graham's Wind in the Willows, who said there's no security or peace and tranquility except underground. His most ambitious project was a 10,000 square foot great hall dug out of clay. He painted the ceiling to look like a sunset and carved out a beautiful bullseye skylights to let in the sun. However, the Duke was a recluse, surprise, surprise, and never invited anybody over. He preferred to use it as a ro solo roller skating rink, uh, according to Obscura. So now on to Trample Trombone, where we take some of the worst headlines of the week and equate them to a wah wah sad trombone or the inimitable Trump. Um, scientists find 50 million year old fossil penis of bug previously un unknown. An assassin bug that died over 50 million years ago has been found in almost perfect condition in Colorado. It wasn't me who found the penis bug, by the way. It's rare that such smaller creatures like the bug leave such uh, complete fossils, and paleontologists are particularly interested in this tiny predator's penis. Daniel Swanson, one of the team from the University of Illinois, is examining the fossil and said it's a rare treat. These tiny details helped Swanson with his colleagues determine the bug uh, from the species. Um, it, uh, the fossil dates back to the uh, Ocene era, an age that began with a hothouse of Earth and ended with two major asteroid strikes, uh, with Antar Antarctica going from a green continent to a frozen wasteland. Small fossils like the assassin bug rarely survived upheavals, but the telltale genitals are tucked away in a protective shell. It's like a cup. It's almost, it's almost like an uh, uncircumcised bug. It's a, like a cup hardened like the rest of the ecoskeleton that contains all of the typically soft internal parts of the insect's genitalia. So it is. It's like an ancient uh, Jurassic foreskin. That's basically what it is. An ancient Jurassic foreskin. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if they could breathe life into this mummified member. And a restaurant aims to potentially be the first in the UK to entirely run by robots uh, to cut the risk of spreading viruses. The owners of Haizonglu uh, uh, Hot Pot Barbecue Restaurant said smart uh, robot waiters will bring food to the customers in a contactless venue. They say automated dining is the ideal way to operate during the coronavirus pandemic, but police officers have urged the city of York to reject the application. In a statement, the owners say it would be a contactless restaurant run by robot waiters to reduce the risk of human-to-human -human contact due to virus transmission risk. Uh, but due to the COVID-19 epidemic, the catering industry is badly affected. As the virus pandemic continues to rage, we've introduced a robot-run restaurant that helps the business to run smoother. Um, I mean, it sounds absolutely absurd. 
It's one of the first automated uh, uh, restaurants. Police say the area has a high number of pubs, bars and restaurants with crime and disorder issues and fear that the robots may be stolen. Um, but I mean, I wonder if these robots are up sort of Amazon robots. If you tip 15%, would this go to Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk maybe? Um, and I wonder if the artificial intelligence of the cyborg would know that I wanted an extra scoop of ice cream. In the bizarre desert snowfall is a sign of biblical end times uh, prophecy believers uh, are stating. Snowfalling in two different deserts this week has convinced some, uh, some that it's uh, biblical prophecy come true, foretelling the end of today's. On Sunday, it snowed in Saudi Arabia's Asir province for the first time in 50 years, with local media reporting temperatures fell below 2 degrees Celsius. The previous Wednesday, it snowed in the Algerian town of uh, in Sefer, uh, commonly known as the Gateway to the Sahara. It's now the fourth consecutive winter that snow or ice has been reported in the typically dry region. Uh, before that, it's been a stretch of 37 years since the last snowfall. That's global warming, folks, without a doubt. But I'm dreaming of a white apocalypse. I mean, I mean, what next? A one-humped camel or a dictator leader with leprechaun hands? Okay, so it's been a packed show today. I think we've reached number 12 on the uh, 21 limerick salute to Joe Biden. We're continuing tomorrow uh, with more clean and dirty limericks. Uh, some that, as I said, I don't think even bleach would get the dirt out of some of these limericks. They're so bad. Um, but also we're going to get an um, independent auditor to count how many limericks we have done so far. Because I have lost count. I think we're up to 11. Who knows? People may want the old extra, you know, double bonus limerick. Uh, but we'll be doing that tomorrow in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for a double bonus edition of the podcast. Um, even podcast, not pop podcast. Um, but there we go. Uh, but before we go, we are, uh, you know, descending to the podding shed to see Percy Grower. And he's got a, um, a little gardening type limerick. Oh, thank you there, my booty. Yeah, I got a couple of limericks here. And uh, here you got a light. Uh, the apple of Eden. There's a tree in the garden with fruit so delicious. Its sweetness suggestive of nothing malicious. But a bite for mankind would open his mind to a knowledge of opposites much too pernicious. And then we have another one, another booty here. The sages admonish edicious pursuits. To soften the ego, to strengthen the roots. Don't work up a swelter over hunger and shelter, but learn to subsist on intangible fruits. Thank you. So we never got round to baked potatoes or Liz Hurley making marmalade in a bikini. I promise we'll have them tomorrow, tomorrow with more Trump or trombone. Uh, we do have um, a uh, Tinder situation, a medieval Tinder situation uh, approaching tomorrow as well. Um, and uh, we also will be opening, reopening the Anglo Antique Arc with some more antique foods uh, that we used to eat in the 70s and 80s, uh, continuing that feature. But at Keep Cheese on uh, Twitter, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram, across all the platforms from Spotify to Apple, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, like and subscribe. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow. But we're going to finish with one of Joe Biden's famous poets, Seamus Heaney. The Cure of Troy. Human beings suffer, they torture one another. They get hurt and get hard. No poem or play or song can fully right a wrong inflicted and endured. 
History says don't hope on this side of the grave, and then once in a lifetime the long for tidal wave of justice can rise up and hope and history rhyme. So hope for a great sea change on this far side of revenge. Believe that the farther shore is reachable from here. Believe in miracles and cures and healing wells. Call miracle self-healing the utter self-revealing. Double take of feeling. There's fire on the mountain and lightning and storm and God speaks the sky. That means someone is hearing the outcry and birth cry of new life at its term. It means once in a lifetime that justice can rise up and hope and history rhyme. I'm hoping we'll see a new age of poetry uh, after the wonderful Amanda Gorman's uh, recital at the inauguration. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, poetry is wondrous. It's, uh, it stirs the soul. But there we go. That's Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese. We'll be back tomorrow. Cheerio for now, mon ami. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 